0: Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Supported by the GelderDand, the number one League United memorabilia site. Visit thegelderend.com. The Square Ball Podcast.
3: Hello and welcome to the Squareball Podcast number 65. My name is Dan and I am joined by Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello. And Oddy. Hello. I don't know if you've heard, but we do a fanzine as well as uh, this thoroughly underprepared podcast. Um, and issue two is on sale now. It went on sale against QPR. Limited number of remaining copies. They'll be on sale at Burnley. Uh, or you can buy that online right now at the squareball.net And we will look forward to issue three. Coming out in a few weeks. And on top of all that, don't forget you can grab yourself a subscription on sale at the right now. Uh, the digital download, 10 quid, just 10 quid.
2: White watching.
3: Now, gents, we're in one of those famous international uh, fortnights, so we will have to again talk slowly, pronounce well, make long drawn out points about the game against QPR, the only match in this fortnight that we have played. And the undefeated record has now gone. We were beaten by the Shepherds' Bush Trotters, as they were christened on the last podcast.
4: What a miracle worker
5: Mr. Redknapp
4: is. How, how does he do
5: it? He's already on for manager of the season for all four divisions. Moyes has probably got much more money at his disposal. Doesn't know how to just spend it wildly on everything, though. That's his uh, his problem. He should take a, a lesson from Harry. What that
1: game does prove is that Warnock was right all along. We should have bought Clint Hill last season. Yeah, there was well, a certain inevitability about him scoring, wasn't there? The, old,
3: the
5: Peter Pan of QPR. <laughs> but then he would have been on the same team as Paddy Kenny, so couldn't just easily just waft it past him.
4: It was a bit of a fluky goal, really. Given all given all of their creative and striking talent they have on the pitch. And Joey Barton. To score a goal like that is a bit cheap. It's not a proper victory, I would say.
3: <laughs> Although their goal that Barton scored was... Shush. ...incorrectly ruled out as offside. <laughs> no, um, no,
4: but it was Joey Barton. So, so it doesn't really matter. Yes, that's so correctly for all who, the, Joe the, Barton? Side. Who for some reason has given himself a stupid haircut and now thinks he's Pirlo. Well, he's been the, to France for a year. Did a lot of yeah. He's been. he oh, I'm living
3: smoking Gauloise
4: blonde. Yeah, yeah. He just stands around pointing and he kicked the ball out of play about four times and seems to then blame it on other people. They would have read it in France.
5: They would know what he was doing.
3: We said that although the result here might be irrelevant because they've got so much, as you say, striking talent and all the rest of it. Although we seem to compete up to a point, was it? Do you think it was an interesting benchmark of our abilities this season and, and how we might fare across the rest of the season or
5: not? I was never scared. i often at Elland Road. I see ghosts, <laughs> ectoplasm <laughs> dripping from the northeast upper. But I never, at no point, like I mean, we keep talking about their fantastic striking talent, Charlie Austin. His powers will leave him now. He's he's left the comforting. Arms of Sean Dyche
4: I'll be honest I didn't realise For about half an hour That it was him Because he's come back dis- He's come disguised As a foreigner With his yeah. swarthy face And beard I don't know where That's come from He's been spending time With Barton Maybe Went to spent yeah. Spent summer with the Bartons Abroad I presumed it was some Ridiculous foreigner That Redknapp had bought Because he got half yeah. The transfer money Or something But
5: <laughs> turns out not <laughs> Well, it it wouldn't be. That would never happen. No, no, no. no, no. It was a a joke, of course.
4: (laughs) And also remember um, after the BBC said similar things, Redknapp didn't speak to him for years and we wouldn't want that because he's due on next uh, week.
3: I did actually hear Redknapp being interviewed on TalkSport on the way in this evening and um, they asked him about Frank Lampard and his involvement with England and then he just went off on a massive tangent about how the West Ham fans were basically a disgrace for booing when he went back overlooking the fact
5: that he signed for Chelsea. Well, it's his, isn't he? It's his nephew, isn't it? It's so bizarre. I wish you know. Once this generation of interrelated Cockneys is retired and behind us, Redknapp knows a thing be... or
4: two about loyalty as well, because obviously he went from Portsmouth to Southampton, <laughs> back to Portsmouth. It well, means a lot to him that well, kind of stuff. And if he if he says it, then it's true.
5: What you've always got to remember with the uh, Portsmouth Southampton Portsmouth thing is that it came from Bournemouth so really <laughs> it didn't bloody matter by that point I was saying a while ago um, I wasn't frightened Charlie Austin didn't care Andy Johnson sorry Andrew Johnson Is he's done the Andy Cole thing and like Andrew Johnson nah not that arsed and then um, did um, one of the Wright Phillipses play so it was all I mean they've got all these players who've basically failed in the lower reaches of the Premier League and we were just as good as they were I failed. do you mean goal.
1: picking up a huge pay packet in the championship?
5: Depends on your definition of success. If you value just money, if you're willing to hand it over to Mammon, if that's what you're... <laughs> the filthy lucre is all you want out of life, then yes. They're a very successful team and Harry Redknapp is an incredibly successful manager, probably the greatest of all time. Um, me, I look for integrity. I look for grit, so I look for passion, I look for Michael Brown. That's success in my book.
3: And you uh, have that in common with Neil Warnock
4: It was in no way like the the Watford game last year Where every time they went forward You were like, oh, oh shit No, they're all loads better They seem to have loads of space Why why is no one looking at what these other players are doing? Oh, they scored again And again And again This was just a ground out win That they'll probably be quite pleased with To be fair, we
1: only had nine men against Watford For most of it
4: Well, So we did have lots of space but
3: Um, We sort of did alright up to a point though, didn't we? But we still didn't Offer any sort of cut and thrust up front, we were a bit lacking in the attacking department again.
5: Noel Mia culpa Hunt took it all on himself. First lashing out on Twitter at anybody who dares criticise him. And then apologising to everybody on Twitter because he can't sleep because he knows he's not playing very well.
3: He's probably tired. That's the problem. If he's not sleeping, he'll be tired and he won't be able to run around as much.
5: Yeah, could be all sorts going on. I mean, he's not doing anything wrong. At
4: least he's is sorry it? for it as well. i have never seen Danny Pugh apologise anyway.
5: No, that's and um, I remember Ross McCormack apologised a couple of times last season for saying things weren't good enough. And so, fair enough. If he's not happy, good. I hope he carries on not being happy and has a, a miserable time in Yorkshire until he until he moves somewhere that makes it. That's Camden. not what I mean. If he's if he if he's not satisfied with his current standard of play, then. Fair enough, that's probably a good thing because um, if he was satisfied, I think we'd have a problem. But as it is, he's looking to himself to improve and I think we're all looking to him. Score a goal, just score a goal, yep, we need you to do it.
3: In this game then, Wu-Ton found himself uh, thrust into the action. First impressions there of him? Not Tom Lee's.
5: Yeah, the The only really thing I took from it <laughs> was looking at the, uh, the big screen at one point and seeing Tom Lee sitting on the bench and it just looked all wrong.
3: I presume Oddie was particularly
4: upset, as Lee's as is a big favourite of his I, I
5: had to cover his eyes.
4: When you saw him on the bench, what was his face saying?
5: Well, I think he was reading a, a knock-knock joke book at the time. <laughs> <'cause he> was, <laughs> gales of laughter, his size was splitting. No, he, he just, you know, frowning at the pitch, looking sad, puppy-like, and just... He, was wearing, he wasn't wearing the kit, he was wearing a zip-up jacket, and it was all a bit, what's he doing there? How but Whitton's How fine. Is Whitton? Whitton was Wharton? Wootton was alright I thought know. it was quite yeah. good Yeah, looks good Keep Tom he- Lees out I think what we've all got to pray for Is that this uh, sudden resurgence of form From Jason Pearce Where he looks brilliant again Is only temporary And that he goes back <laughs> to being shit So Tom Lees can play I don't want to play favourites <coughs> Curses to you McDermott For making him a better footballer <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is
3: strange
4: how Jason Pearce All of a sudden looks Competent? Would that be? Yeah, a- he looks like Somehow He still can't really run But it's almost like It doesn't matter anymore We've mm. we've built a style, which means he doesn't have to move. That style that being, him.
1: Rudy in front of him,
4: Mm. possibly. It still looks yeah. like
1: a rabbit caught in the headlights with his. When someone passes the ball to him, though, yeah, don't, he don't just look like, oh, Fucking hell,
3: don't pass to me. <laughs> <laughs> the football, <laughs> shit. Um, speaking of Rudy, that volley. Oh <sighs> there was uh, echoes of Yeboah.
5: That was the noise it made when it hit the bar. Yeboah! Whoa, whoa, whoa,
3: whoa. Wouldn't that have just been, as we were saying on the last podcast, one of these shots? He got close. because he had one in the first half as well. One of these yeah. days, close. one of those will go in. There, would have, been,
4: there would have been broken legs and yeah. ribs and everything in the cop
5: if that had gone in. It was incredible and just so close. And then even Joey Barton is kind of looking amazed um, afterwards and kind of goes to Rudy Huston and goes, ''Good effort.'' Like, there was nothing else to say Good effort, Joey Barton Mas- Master of understatement as always He obviously didn't have a Smith's Lyric book to hand So he could adequately express what that shot had been like But um, yeah, Rudy Austin, keep shooting One of these days One of these days Something incredible is going to happen It's like what we used to say about Guilfi But Rudy Austin, it's going to come true He
4: was purely headers it was Guilfi Ineson, Was all I remember, I remember about it was going to
5: head from the halfway line though A diving header a, <laughs>
4: ball, a ball on the floor of no use to him whatsoever. With the,
5: with the power of a thousand
4: thunders.
3: With the hands, handsome devil. Finally, then, what can we take from this game? Anything of any
4: importance, or is it
3: just back to it? This <coughs> we're weekend? all right.
4: We're going to be all right this year. We're not going to be, I don't think, this is going to come back to haunt me. We're not going to be in the same position as last year with a few games to go, being twitchily, needing sort of four points just to definitely guarantee survival. We're, we're better gonna- than mm. last year, and we're better to watch. Even though this game in many respects was quite boring because we didn't create many chances. We kind of everyone recognized we were playing against a very good side that last year would have just put three or four goals past us.
3: Better to be competent and boring than just shit. Yes.
4: Incompetent and boring. The news.
3: Our last podcast then, podcast 64 came just ahead of the transfer deadline when we spoke to Phil Hay from the Yorkshire Evening Post. He said he wasn't expecting a fifth signing to come in and he was proved correct. Are we satisfied with the the conclusion of the transfer
5: window? I'm satisfied we've now established Phil Hayes Nostradamus.
1: But in a way we did get a new signing with Ross McCormack.
5: You've drunk the Kool-Aid. Yeah, you you're, you're a walking <laughs> advertisement for re engagement. Um yeah. Uh, you know. The Chris Burke was the the one that we apparently nearly got and probably would have been as much moaning if we had signed him for 600k. Brian McDermott probably read the runes correctly there and was like, nah, leave it, we'll cope with that. we got AD White.
3: Well, to put it in context, the whole division didn't spend any money, really, did it, apart from QPR. Um, obviously got another 10 players or whatever signed through a car window. Burke, do you think it'd have been worth ponying up the
4: 600 grand? Seems a bit dear, because mm. he's 30, isn't he? He's, he's about 30. 29
5: pushing 30, I think, yeah. Yeah. I can't recall ever really having seen him play. He is quite good from
4: what I've seen of him, but oh. mm. I'd rather if he if he was twenty five, I'd say get the money out. But he just gets added to that list of probably quite high earning, thirty ish year old players that we've got or forty yeah. ish in Michael Brown's case. <laughs> but I mean, this
3: returns us back to a scenario that we witnessed in January when it was sort of mooted that we were going in for him then, and the people said, "Well, he's going to be free in the summer. We'll just pick him up then for free." Mm. And then, of course, he signed a new contract. And we're you know, going back and repeating history here.
5: Might as well, just sign someone else. It's my view on it. it, get someone else. There yeah. might be another player available in all, all four divisions. It's a good idea. Yeah, forget about him. It's like that Chris Taylor that we were always going to sign from Oldham season after season. Never happened. Oh, we, we've done all right without him. <laughs> well, he's ended up at Millwall anyway. So I think he's going to have somewhere else. Right Well, you see, he's just become a wandering journeyman. Clearly was never good enough for Leeds United in the first place. Chris Burke, he had his chance. He blew it. Probably not his fault.
3: But whoop-de-whoop, the uh, the loan window opened today. Um, That's exciting. Where's where's
5: Andros Townsend gone? Probably to the Ukraine with England, which is a shame. (laughs) Probably in the loan window. We need to target Chris Burke from Birmingham. (laughs) because <laughs> I think a loan would be very cost effective and he's exactly the sort of player that we, we need to be looking at
3: but they're doing away with this aren't they next season so it's the last time we can enjoy the loan window like this Thank I God.
5: only saw the news that it's been done away with I didn't see who is taking it out and shooting it what's happened
3: it's because clubs are using it incorrectly as they perceive when just bringing people in for 93 days really? when it yeah when it is supposed to be for actual emergencies
5: so what's going to happen if there is an actual emergency They might allow loans under those circumstances. So we're able to somehow convince the very stringent (laughs) football league that it's a genuine emergency. Michael Brown may actually have a use where he's like, he'll have to go out and hobble AD White so that we can say, no, we genuinely do need a new left back. Look, look at what has happened in training. He's destroyed him.
3: That's the ins or lack of ins. The outs, again, total absence of any departing players. We are essentially stuck...
5: With the useless swear words, they're not even in the. Uh, I know it's ironically named the development squad. Michael Brown, Danny Pugh, they're not even there. Ryan Halls. Ryan Halls, gone. a very strange one.
4: There was never any a word of him leaving, was there?
5: Or playing, or existing, <laughs> for that matter. He did pop up on um, Twitter after. A certain fanzine's website had posted a, a blog post by Amatai Eric Winehouse of Leeds. Uh, we we do have his address on record somewhere. Um, posted a blog post asking where exactly is Ryan Hall. And then that evening, Ryan Hall did appear on Twitter swearing about people. If
3: you don't know what you're on about, then just don't talk about it. Yeah, right.
5: Sort of along, along those lines. Uh, perhaps not as high pitched, but then I've <laughs> not heard him speak. So that could have been... I, I was
3: going a bit Vicky Pollard then, I think.
5: Pretty much, don't know, but yeah, they all still, all still technically employees of the football club. Uh,
3: again, this goes back to what we spoke about last time that we perhaps have to. I'm not saying we have to write off this season, but we have to accept that this season is not going to be the all singing, all dancing affair that we might want. But come the summer when we can shed some sort of this dead wood and just hand it to P45, uh, that might make things easier. And of course, we've got more money because sponsorship deals. And mm. the, I feel we've
1: been saying that for quite a while, though.
3: But I think we can genuinely make a relatively confident
5: prediction that things will be better in the summer. Do we want to see Danny Ryan and Michael singing and dancing? Um, I suppose they got to earn the money somehow. It's perhaps a bit unfair. Dance for me, Brownie. Dance. To put
4: Michael Brown in this because I don't think he actually earns that much, does he?
5: Well, maybe it might be all. Well, I think
4: it's all mm. appearance based, isn't it? Which, given Warnock's no longer our manager, doesn't really count for much.
5: I don't know. I, th- I imagine he'll be earning more than I get. Well, <laughs>
3: yes, yeah, so do I said I. Yeah, he's um, not going to be struggling, I don't think. Let's put it that way. Um no, he has the, just been got a big chunk from Portsmouth. Yeah, he's still on their payroll, yeah. isn't he? Of course he's getting what five grand a month from them.
5: He's been paid by two football clubs to do absolutely nothing.
4: To be fair, we did that with bloody loads of players like Danny Mills and the Portsmouths list is particularly depressing though because no, there's not a single good player on it. They were loads to Carnu, who's like in his yeah. 50s <laughs> and still and still collecting what's effectively a, a pension. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's entitled to his state pension now as well. Um, the most important, perhaps, news from the transfer window then was the re-signing of, uh, of Ross McCormack. He managed to get his contract then, didn't he, the little tinker?
5: Well, a, a club came and wanted him, and so he was able to say, these guys are going to give me this, I want it, you give me it. That's how it works in football, apparently. Speaking as a football agent, <laughs> that's how I generally handle the negotiations. They're going to give him that, are you going to give him it? Well, no, we're not right. He's going there then, or oh, maybe we will. Right, he's staying. Yeah, football. That's how we do it in the top level. Me and uh, me and Harry.
3: Neil Warnock's son's an agent, isn't he? Do you know him?
5: No, I don't know. Him. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't associate with other agents because uh, they only distract me from my important work. Is that your envelope on the floor? Yes, it's. Uh, it's White's new contract.
4: Yeah, I wanted to keep him, so yeah. pay him. It's better than better than going. Oh, he wants a new contract. Let's just get rid of him. Let's force him out we did this with well everyone who's left basically Delph side, maybe it was a slightly different case but everyone else we, we've gone that's the contract offer take it or leave it and they've gone but, but well I've thing is I've got all these other offers that are loads better so I, th- I think I'm probably just going to leave it unless you can improve it we've gone right well good luck with that then yeah. oh they've left oh.
5: take one of those better offers if you think it'll get you anywhere
4: yeah what do you think that's going to do? you double your money every week yeah is that what you want is it go on then right <laughs> Off you go. You won't like it. Oh, oh, actually, no, you you probably will.
5: I know it's easy to say Ross McCormack's only staying because he's been given a load more money, but he could go to Middlesbrough for, for the same amount of money. And I think with uh, Snodgrass last summer, even if we had offered him all the money in the world, he just wanted to play for a decent club. And so was always going to go to the Premier League then, rather than hang about and try and get Leeds promoted. Whereas I'm sure Ross McCormack wants just as much to play in the Premier League but he actually fancies sticking around and trying it with Leeds. I'm, not, Although, see, I'm, if not, sure, I'm not sure about Snodgrass.
4: I think had we had McDermott, then who, a manager who appeared to have a, something of a plan beyond the next sort of two months, and we were off, willing to offer him more money, maybe even not as much as Norwich were offering, but we would say, you know, we'll make you, a, we'll give you twenty grand a week. Even the Norwich will give you twenty five. I wouldn't have been entirely surprised if he had stayed. I'm sure, he did he would it, have because he did appear to actually quite like it. Yeah, as did Housen and Gradle and... Beckford and Becchio.
5: (laughs) I think the way it's worked is it's a house and was sold against his will. Snodgrass had a good offer, looked at Warnock, looked at the squad, looked at the promises that had been made the season before and went, you know what, sod this. And then Becchio, I'm not even sure anyone's actually told Becchio that he's changed clubs yet. (laughs) He's just moved house and that the training grounds moved. And then Ross McCormack is the first one who's actually kind of had a, a reasonable offer financially and said yeah, give me this because I want to stay here.
1: But do we actually know he's had a, a big increase anyway? No. It's just, we, we're assuming that he has.
4: Might be just an extra...
5: Couple of grand, couple of grand there. Yeah. there. Yeah. Couple of grand
4: But, you know, it, equally it might be a little bit more on his basic salary, but they'll say, if you can score 20 goals this year, you'll get so much. If we get promoted, you'll get so much. In which case you think, well, that's fine if he can, because it's actually reliant on playing very well. The frustrating thing in these is that when a player does well and his agent will say he could get this much at Middlesbrough, Therefore, you need to pay him this much. It doesn't work in reverse. We can't go to Danny Pugh and say, <laughs> we've asked around and no one the most anyone's willing to pay you is 500 quid a week. So that's what your salary now is.
5: <laughs> It'd be interesting to try that as a test case. Take it to the European court and see what happens. Do a reverse um, Bosman.
4: It happens, in, it happens in businesses, though. You get management consultants and do re <laughs> positions and say, in the marketplace, this role should earn this much. What the like fourth choice reserve central midfielder in the in the second tier of English football should probably be earning about six hundred pounds a week. Sorry about that, Danny, but you can—that's <laughs> what you are on now. Sell your house,
3: give back the Range Rover. Quick, Byron, watch update. Then at least he's uh, still in one piece and slowly on the mend, and looks to be avoiding the operation, which will no doubt come later in the season.
5: He did an hour against Derby County, uh, which was live on. Um, LUTV because it was at Lund Road, and uh, that was quite exciting up until the point where, uh, yeah, he shimmed, uh, he shimmed past the fullback and set up a goal, and was up and down the wing. But then after about an hour, he started sort of wincing and rotating his hips and looking very much like he wished he had his Zimmer frame there.
3: I believe the cliche is
5: moving gingerly. Yes, he was moving very uh, gingerly, and then um, so they subbed him off and, and wrapped him up in uh, um, in ice and Don Matteo made several probably inappropriate comments about the fact he was being attended to by two lady physios on the bench. But, uh, I mean, it was pre-Watershed, and Don, you know, it's a family audience. And then yesterday, behind closed doors, presumably to keep Matteo away, it was uh, Sunderland at Thorpe Arch, where Sam Byron completed a full 90. Or did he? Propaganda. If Sam Byron plays 90 minutes behind closed doors and nobody's there to see it, does his hip get any better? It's a is philosophical his hip, is his question. Is even there? That might be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. I think he's still a long way from the first team though. I think we need to not get excited from what people have been saying. It's that they're still very worried about him basically snapping into at any moment.
4: How many minutes of reserve team football did your gran have to play before she Oh after her hip replacement. Before she was back in the in she's the still, first eleven She's
3: still recuperating. It's a year, year and a half, eighteen months she's been recuperating now. So mm. that's not good news. But she's
1: still one ahead of Danny Pew. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she's more mobile, let's put it that way. She's more mobile. Um, just an update on the ticket situation with Newcastle. This could be a good laugh. Up to six thousand tickets, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Good
4: good uh Well there's talk of them their fans boycotting it, so yeah. it might be it <laughs> might us. be potentially yeah. like fifty thousand tickets going spare.
5: Yeah, it's keep sending them down as the uh as the blocks open and open. What are they processing about?
4: Joking here, I think.
5: Just joking here? <laughs> Seems yeah. a bit mean. The man's R. had a heart <laughs> attack.
4: Keegan. Shearer Shearer Craig Bellamy, Kieran Dyer. <laughs> Um, just, Tudor
5: crisps are they in favour of these Throwback. things or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or <laughs> the, against of the
4: mines? I, I yeah. don't know what they, I don't know what they want I think, I think, I think fair enough if, if Joe Kinnear was at Leeds we probably would laugh about him but yeah. want him out yeah. as soon as possible
3: and the good news is that GFH are investing money which we like to see don't we 20 million pounds that's
1: brilliant news yeah. in.
3: awesome in, in property in London yeah, um, yeah. Is, is
5: this David Haig just getting some digs for his gap year to continue it was in the wall street journal of all places i don't know why dave i mean i i wonder would david haig be being interviewed by the wall street journal about gfh capital if they didn't only united one wonders but so that's that's one thing yeah apparently they're buying up properties at uh, luxury properties in london for either rental income or uh, to do up and sell fixer uppers um, it's a bed set, isn't it? At a well, they they said they said they've done several deals, putting a that, cheap
4: kitchen, laminate flooring down. Job done, lovely. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Bish bosh. Well, they, they said they've done several deals, and that they're looking at a pair of properties about twenty million quid, and it's all just you know Gfh Capital is an investment bank, so they're a bank and they're investment investing in property. Nothing really to do with us. We know a few people who, well, they post on the Ball forum and claim to work in property. Not really heard anything about this. The London property market is not a buzz with uh, Gfh Capital's movements into the into the game. Uh, it doesn't sound like anybody down there's sweating it about their, muscling in on their business. But David A got in the Wall Street Journal and uh, he did say that uh, Leeds United will he will, hopes to get promoted within two years, which I think is an advance on the three that we've been talking about. So we're getting closer. He might have yeah. said that
3: a year ago, to be fair. <laughs> Worth pointing out as well, related to GFH, the old uh, Saudi prince who's rocked up spending a pound on uh, on Sheffield United. We, we dodged a bullet with that one, didn't we, bloody Saudi princes?
5: Potless. Uh, uh, to be That's all though, he's got.
3: To be honest, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced by it, because he's gone to lengths in his opening interviews to stress that he's not going to be chucking that much
5: money at it. Well, I, I think uh, when somebody's coming in to buy your club... You don't want to spend a pound on it. Even if it's available for a pound, spend a hundred quid, just as like a statement, to show you've got a big wallet. Imagine him just getting a pound out of his pockets. Actually, that's all I brought.
3: Will you take a check? Yeah.
5: (laughs) I can owe you the rest. (laughs) So he's probably skint. But the um, story
3: here from our point of view is that he was offered um, 70 to 80% of Leeds United. For a pound? No, but this is the thing. He said that um, the the thing that drew him to Sheffield United was sort of the, the makeup of the feel of the club and... Really? The, the fact that the money is going into the club and presumably not out of Leeds United as would as would have been the case with us, i.e. to GFH we presume. He must really love Sheffield
5: United. I mean who doesn't? Is he sure he's, is he did he just see um that when Saturday Comes filmed and he thinks he's <laughs> bought Sean Bean? <laughs> hey,
3: everyone's favourite Australian, Harold Kewell, he's the new captain of Melbourne Heart taking over from Fred, eh? Here it's all go. true. Mm-hmm.
5: I was about to say something unkind about the future health of harold kiel's heart having become captain of the melbourne heart but i'm a nicer man let's just concentrate on the fact that he's now got paddy kisnorbo on his side and that we can only hope that paddy kisnorbo who has signed a contract down there taken his family home he's decided relocate to australia settle back down back over there and hopefully break harry kiel in two in training if he could just do that for us paddy one more one more little favor he was way out of his depth. Who am I talking about? Uh, Kevin Blackwell. Now, why did you think that? You tell me. <laughs> uh, because it's written down, it's the next thing on our, our running order. And because Clark Carlisle's been mouthing off about him, because I've been watching... Uh, I mean, there's no point in putting Kevin Blackwell was way out of his depth in the past tense. You only have to watch the videos of him <laughs> happening right now at Berry to see at Berry he is way out of his depth we might as well start with that. There's, there's a thread on Wacko, which is very much worth watching where people are just getting week by week the after-match videos. Bury FC have this fantastic thing where after every defeat, they just stick a camera and a really brusque Northern um, interviewer right in Kevin Blackwell's face, like not even letting him get out of the dugout and then interviewing him. And we all know that Kevin Blackwell doesn't perform very well under pressure um, and the pressure is mounting. I think they they... Um, lost to 10 men um, in the last game I think and he was amazed and bemused that his strikers hadn't been able to score a goal but they're it's playing like... on the
4: wings <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> it, it was his classic old thing of just like you know I, I don't understand I don't understand what it's one of those days I set them up you know set them up don't know what well, more said to them not yeah. on our side but then um,
4: you will have to fart in the box these days etc alright
5: that was the, that's the QPR one, wasn't it? Where he, he ended every sentence by going, all right. So what specifically
3: has Clark Carlyle been saying about him? Because some of these uh, quotes are absolutely choice. He basically said
5: he's a dickhead. <laughs> that's, and he couldn't, you, he couldn't cope with anyone bullying him, the bigger boys. He's a very erudite and intelligent man, is Clark Carlyle. Very well spoken, and his opinion is, he's a dickhead. Not, not a direct <laughs> quote, but... He's spoken about how Kevin Blackwell came into the club and announced he was the saviour, which apparently caused some mirth <laughs> in the dressing room, and that uh, immensely qualified he may have been as a coach, says Clark Carlisle. but Kevin Blackwell didn't have the wherewithal to deal with strong characters. And what a list of strong characters this is. I mean, to be fair to Kevin Blackwell, if I turned up at a club and found Paul Butler, Sean Gregan, Gary Kelly, Michael Dubry and Seth Johnson throwing their weight around in the dressing room, I'd perhaps start squeaking in a Luton accent. Yeah, it's a bit weird. The lads told Clark Carlisle that Blackwell had held a meeting and said that Clark would never play for Leeds again. So I started looking for a new club. He denied it, insisting that all 36 lads had got it wrong. (laughs) So I took his word and went back to training. I'm not sure why why you call a meeting. Anyway, so Clark's decided to stay. And then one hot July day, Gregan volleyed the ball away at the end of a skills session. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Which is one of those uh, fantastic... He he was trying to do keep you. (laughs) Um, And basically Blackwell barked at Clark Carlisle to go and get the ball. They had an argument with lots of uh, strong language and uh, Blackwell ended the argument by saying that he had saved Clark Carlisle's career and and he owed him. Um, I wasn't having that, but he ended up saying I could fuck off if I didn't like it. So I did, straight to the dressing room. I knew it was time to move on. I went to Watford and guess what? We beat Leeds in the playoff final. I wish I could say I was gracious in victory, but I can't. I sprinted over to Blackwell at the final whistle, shook his hand and whispered, fuck you, in his ear.
3: In this bit then, we are going to talk about traditions because we've seen the reintroduction of the wave to all corners at Ellen Road, haven't we? And the names on the back of the tracksuits in amongst other things. Uh, But before we do that, Moscow, you spoke to none other than Mr. Brian McDermott this week, didn't
5: you? The man himself, um, somebody on Twitter when I revealed this said uh, well they said um they said they'd had to read it twice they said something about the it was the way the club's been run recently that I didn't imagine a fan would be allowed to speak to uh, to Brian McDermott at Thorpe Arch. Uh, fan <laughs> fan do you know who I, he is I was there as uh I don't know I just wandered in just part uh, actually if you were uh, if you ever want to go and interview someone at Thorpe Arch, just drive your car up to the gate just tell the guy there that you're there to, to interview a manager and they'll let you in. Um, and from there on, it's free-for-all. I didn't have to, have to sign in or anything.
3: You are aware that Barry George is a leader
5: <laughs> Barry, if you're listening, uh, stay home. This doesn't apply to you. There are some pictures there that they... Uh, um, yeah, it, it was... Um, Skybet were having a... They were basically taking the championship trophy round, which apparently caused some consternation... Um, one, because Brian McDermott came back off holiday on Monday morning to find it all organised and didn't know anything about it. And two, a little bit suspicious about being photographed, you know, near the trophy when he hadn't actually won it. Um, yet, but yet. Yet, yet. Well, that's what I said to the guy on the gate. He asked me why there were so many press people there. And I said, they've brought the trophy. And he said, what trophy? And I said, the one we're going to win. And he looked at me and he kind of just shook his head sadly and went, you need to lay off the tablets, you. <laughs>
3: Well, anyway, you went in your capacity as uh, writer person for the City Talking newspaper, didn't you? It was
5: actually being described as uh, from the City Talking and a little bit the Square Ball. Oh, good! That's oh, the good. phrase that was that was being used.
3: so tell us what you uh, spoke to him about them.
5: Well, I'd been reading um, Amitai Winehouse's blog on the Squareball uh, blog about the reappearance of the wave before QPR where the players lined up and they waved to the West Stand, South Stand, East Stand, North Stand like the review boys of old and um, Amitai described it as the most exciting thing you'd ever seen at Elland Road ever, which seemed like hype, but... It was interesting, and I wanted to know how come we were doing that again, so I asked. I started by asking Mr McDermott whether it had been his doing.
2: It was our doing, you know, I respect the tradition and history of this club, and uh, I remember it years ago, I spoke to New Redfern, the sticks about it, and, you know, all the staff, I remember Billy Bremner, Eddie Gray, Pitt Palmer, all those guys, Terry Cooper walking out, was yeah. like a bunch of soldiers walking out onto the pitch. It was bordering on intimidating, I felt, at the time. Um, but it was, it was just something different that nobody else did, and it was a great tradition. You know, and even the tracksuit tops with the names on the back, I really liked it. And I, you know, I do respect the history of a football club.
5: It's the wave here to stay.
2: Well, we need to do it better. <laughs> we didn't do it as well as we would want, but we'll practice. But no, I, I, I don't mind it. I, we'll see. Let's, let's see. I just thought it was a, it was something, something
5: that that was part of our tradition, and uh, I liked it. It's interesting, because when Howard Wilkinson came in, very much the same situation, bottom of Division 2 for mm. uh, a decade. In fact, we've been out of the top league longer than when he came in. Mm. He did the, other, the opposite way. Took all the pictures down from the Riviera. Mm. Um, I think he even like stopped some of them coming to the ground, I think, or just kicked them away from the players, didn't he? and removed this, and said, we need to start again. Mm. And so, is that not an approach you think would work today? He won the league,
2: so I'm never going to... You know, Howard Wilkinson is a great manager. Has been a fantastic manager for Lee. Everyone's different. I, I do things the way I, I do things, and the way I see things. And uh, you know, I'll never change from that. I, I won't be anybody else. I want to be myself. And I just respect what's happened here. You know, I loved what's happened here, and and we want to try and create some history of our own. I think that's quite important.
5: Do you think um, your approach is also linked to the fact that we've kind of drifted away from a lot of the club's history? in recent years, that at the moment that connection with Glory Days isn't there. And Because everyone I've spoken to about the players he's he's these tracky-tops and doing the way before the game thinks it's absolutely brilliant and mm. it brings a bit of
2: pride back. Yeah, well I think that pride is the actual, is the name of the game, you know, for me. You know, we should be proud of this football club. I can't talk about the past because I don't know, you know, I don't know the recent... I know it, but from afar yeah. I can only talk about what we're trying to do now. And we're trying to create something now and trying to create something special. Because you've got a special club, there's absolutely no doubt about it People here, fans here, you know, actually Dublin that weekend. can Leeds fans everywhere, incredible So um, we need to to use what we've got And, you know, that's at Ellen Road And we're trying to get as many people as we can through the door there And we're trying to engage with the fans And most importantly, we're trying to put on a product on the pitch Where they want to come and see
5: How far can you take the uh, status of the club with the players? Because I've always, in the back of my mind If I was made manager at Leeds United every new new sign and get a DVD of Billy Brown there can you communicate that to the players and the manager? Stress this yeah. is an important place to be.
2: I think so. I think you know. I did that from from day one when I first came against Sheffield Wednesday. I talked about how important it was to be a League United player and playing at Ellen Road. And um, you know, every game's an event. You know, we get twenty plus thousand people. That's an event in my eyes. And we have to make use of every single minute of every every single game that we play. You know, and and I think the players and we need to recognise. It's a privilege to be involved at in this football
4: club. God, isn't it so much better than Warnock? What, every, a, what a lovely change. In every respect. He just doesn't talk nonsense about himself and about oh, 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 giggling throughout, oh, you know, <laughs> himself. he'd just been chuckling to himself throughout that and it would have been shit, but he sounded serious. It was nice.
5: The one joke he, he did make about them not doing the way very well, you know, good joke, good line. Serious we'll, point underneath. Yeah, we are working on it in training. We'll make it better. Yeah, and they probably will. It's like, yeah, you need to do that wave better if we're going to do it at all. In the comments on the uh, amateurs blog post about the wave, there was a guy called York's Man who p- did a, a critical rundown on uh, how the players were looking in the photograph. Where he said, uh, Luke Murphy's showing the kids how to do I'm a little teapot. P- Pelts is pointing to the space he should run into. Rudy is checking <laughs> if he's doing it right. Well, this is the only thing of note I've seen Nohunt Hunt doing a white <laughs> shirt so far. Good idea, though. I think it's a good idea. I I really liked uh, what Brian McDermott said there about 20,000 people being an event, because that's kind of where this started with Paul Trevelyan kind of ramping up the showbiz aspect of super leagues in 1971 and saying, you know, let's not just be a double hard and successful football team. Let's actually... Theatre, isn't it? It's theatre. Yes, yeah, so let's dress things up and let's do things, you know, the The other side of it, which has been pointed out, like Simon Butler has written a rebuttal on the blog as well, our blog again. And he does make mention of how it got in the 80s when like 1980s, 1985, the real dark era, we were still doing it. I've seen the photos from that time of like the players lining up and waving very sheepishly in front of an empty cop. So there is, a, there is a question about if we are ever shit again soon, whether we should still be doing it. But while we're good and the ground's full, but on way, that
3: point, we, on. We, we still sing Marching On together and we, we wear that as a badge of honour. It's one of the few things that sets us really apart from other clubs.
5: Yes, and I liked um, Adam Pope uh, from the BBC tweeted something at me just before we came in where he said he likes how Brian McDermott doesn't fear our history but uses it. I think that's an excellent way of putting it. It's because some, you can buckle under the weight of what Leeds United has been, but instead it seems like Brian McDermott has come in and said, I really liked it when they did that, why don't we do that?
4: I don't think you can say necessarily that his approach is right or wrong compared to Wilkinson's. They just have, they they both believed in something though, which is as, as much as it is about anything. Like you said, the players in the 80s, maybe they were just kind of sheepishly doing it like, Oh, this is, I'm not quite sure why we're even doing this. We're just not very good. This is not something we want to be doing. But if this is something that McDermott can get into the players and be like, look, you're doing this, this is a good thing. This is why you're doing it. Then hopefully that can can lift them somewhat.
5: You're doing it because this is Leeds United. It
3: makes you buy into the identity of it, doesn't it? That's the point. Yeah. I
4: mean, like you, like you were saying, it' been. I always think it's the sort of thing you, you think on football manager. You're doing it in your head when you buy a new player. You're thinking, yes, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna give you that DVD of Billy Bremner, and this is we're gonna sit down. I'm gonna watch the pre uh, the eighty nine ninety promotion VHS. Yeah, and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna force you to to watch the glory years and the nineteen seventy two FA Cup final. You can sit through all this. And then you can come to training. <laughs> but I, that's it.
5: I think it's right. There should be an induction into Leeds United. It always seems weird to me that you would be able to play for Leeds United and not know all those kind of things, not have seen Gordon Strachan's goal against Leicester and John Newsom's goal against Sheffield United. That these things, you know, I would, I would, I don't know what would happen if I ever said to like Luke Murphy, "Have you ever seen Gordon Strachan's goal?" And he just went,
4: "Did he play for you?"
5: Yeah, exactly. It would possibly break my tiny heart. So messy, lad.
1: Sit yourself down there, put that DVD on and report back to me later. That's what, See how them, batty did it. You flashy bastard.
4: Showing them some of those clips as well, while we're admittedly not great, you kind of, at the moment, you can say, look, this is what Leeds United can be. Look at those people behind the net, all falling in heap. You could do that to them.
5: You could be at the bottom <laughs> of that pile of fat old men. <laughs>
3: I like how Mark Whelan, who's better known as uh, at geldedend underscore com on, uh, on Twitter, has put it, it's the League United ABC, arrogance, belligerence and class. And it's very true. It's, it's exactly what we're like as a set of fans, isn't it? And that's probably why we're hated.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's um, striding out on, uh, let's say, we get relegated again. I like the arrogance of striding out against a team like Yeovil. Who are going to end up playing again this season and just, you know, going, it doesn't matter who else is here. We're Leeds United and we do this. Yeah. This is part of what Welcome happens. Welcome to our here. party. Yeah. Loads of teams got into that thing of having like the pre match huddle. Nah, passe now. Let's get it back to the uh, Leeds. And you know, if anybody, if any other club starts doing this, people just go, you're just ripping off Leeds. You're trying to be Leeds. So nobody else can do this.
3: And you go back to um, Don Reevey as well and, and the change into the all white kit. That was born of a desire to be as arrogant and as belligerent as Real Madrid, who trampled on, literally trampled on everything that came
5: before them in Spain at that time, didn't they? Yes, it's in our nature to be, um, to have ideas above our station. (laughs) But it's also to be thoroughly encouraged, I think. Definitely. I mean, there has been some uh, talk against it, like Simon Butler posted on the blog at some length about... uh, about how the Revy team were good enough to deserve all these adornments and no one could doubt it, and uh, but put sock tags on Michael Brown and you're just taking the piss. And there is an element of truth in that. And there was um, Leeds in the Blood on Twitter said, uh, as well, he said, we've gone from ice rinks and hotels to kit accessories. We're still managing to miss the point. I don't John, John
4: Cave hits on a, a similar thing as well. The very best Ellen Road tradition we should bring back as a priority is winning,
5: which is true.
3: Yeah. But mm. my, my feelings on that are that one of the things that Ken Bates never got and never understood and never tapped into was our tradition and never got a proper handle on our identity as a club. He was always alien to that. And I think these important little things can help us rediscover what we were and what we are.
5: Phil Braithwaite said this on Twitter, that's what I was just looking for, said uh, that Wilco needed to break the link of what we immediately had before in order to move on because the, we hadn't got that distance. He followed Billy Bremner as manager. Legends were still right on his shoulders. All we've got on our shoulders really is Ken Bates, Trezor Kandall. Dennis Wise. Dennis you can, Wise. You can probably stop there, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> this is our recent history. And uh, he says, uh, Phil said, uh, we've no specific Bates area tradition to drop aside from selling players, libeling people and executive boxes. So the best we can do is reclaim some of our own old traditions we've um, got the
1: Chelsea out of Leeds let's get the Leeds back into Leeds
5: It's a very good point
1: Is the, exactly the point I was getting at but I
5: didn't put it as well as
1: you, <laughs> Thank
5: you. interesting to see what else we can do um, there was some support for my suggestion of making punching Kevin Keegan part of our uh, pre-match rituals or just throw um, coins at him like yeah, in the yeah. so they get caught in his perm I like Josh Granger's suggestion that we uh, we get the players doing the Poznan before kick-off if we're really going for a terrorist culture thing
1: it's re-engaging, isn't it? McDermott's just changed everything. There's a buzz about the club. We're looking towards the future.
4: These are not big things that will make the football club good all of a sudden, but they're little things that might just make you enjoy your Saturday a bit more. Details. It's the details, isn't it? It's a little, it's a little chocolate on your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> there you was, think, oh, well, that's nice.
5: There was some I'll stay here again. Cause, yeah, it's building that little bit lower. There was um, an interesting discussion went on again between... Uh, Leeds in the Blood and some other people about what the fans can do in response because it's very much a one-way thing. The players wave at us. Uh, Leeds in the Blood suggested that we could just wave back and a chap called... Uh, it was Leeds fansy. No, it was Mozatad. There's lots of names in this said um, and they're all internet names. He said, surely modern LUSC fans can be more inventive than that. Uh, to which Leeds in the Blood said, uh, OK, we wave back and then we moon at them. Taking fan culture, terrorist culture to the next level. Nobody else does that. Imagine if we just showed our asses at our Kenny own team. Paddy Kenny did it, didn't he? Once. Oh, okay. Sure we'll forget is. about it. Then. If it's, we we need a Leeds United tradition, not a Paddy Kenny tradition. Otherwise, we'll all go out with like no eyebrows anymore, <laughs> tooth marks in our faces.
3: It's all very true. Some very good points made indeed. But I need to find out Moscow. So when, when are you and Brian going down the pub doing a bit of karaoke with the guitar? You know.
5: It was funny actually because the last words I heard from him as he strode off into the uh, into the car park was he was he was just sort of yelling bands. I, I want to go and see some bands. He was asking me what gig venues there are in Leeds and just like he seemed incredibly frustrated as if he couldn't believe he wasn't watching a band at that moment and it, it couldn't get any more specific than that. Just for bands. I just want to see bands. He's a funny... He's funny. He's very... He's funny in a serious way. He did, He did this thing with me where, as he was lining up to be interviewed by someone else, I think it was for the Yorkshire Evening Post he was kind of looking around and started picking on me because I was holding a copy of the City Talking newspaper. Um, he suddenly went, what's that? City Talking? Man City? What are you doing here if you're Man City? And he, he kind of, I think it might be a, a McDermott thing of while he's getting ready with one person, he looks at the next person and kind of gets in their head a bit, which at a at I a think well Simon meant-
4: Grayson got in a bit of bother for that.
3: <laughs> Coming up. In the next fortnight, then, we have three games coming up. First one of which,
4: uh, Jermaine Beckford, will he try at Bolton? That's a big question. He's better, otherwise... He's due a, he's due a try against us. He's not <laughs> shown any signs of it so far, has he? Going to be about 5,000 of us over there. Nice uh, away allocation. They're not very good either, are they? They ain't won at a Bolton. game. Oh, no. I think I did... I'm pretty sure I tipped them for promotion in my predictions. I um, think in the uh, kiss of death. In the Wolves <laughs> Award for... <Yeah. laughs>
5: I think much as Bolton Wanderers have in general, we've all been slightly conned by Doogie Friedman looking like um, like dressing like Pep Guardiola and looking like, you know, he's a young modern manager who speaks very cleverly about the game but then sends him out with ungog up front and hasn't got any good players. And also, I've noticed he looks a bit like um he's escaped from Gregory's girl. Anyone's seen that film. Like Micro reference for you there, yeah. young one. Someone needs to usher him back to early nineteen eighties Scotland so they can Put on a pastors badge and listen to some indie pop records. Get him home.
3: Yeah, get on YouTube if you're if you're under a particular age, get on YouTube that Gregory's girl. They're not doing very well. Uh we're doing all right. We're gonna win this one, aren't we? Gents, of course we are.
5: Confident, gonna hammer them, bolting away, gonna win. Be uh make up for every we're gonna score a goal for um every single one of Alan Smith's tears.
1: Noel Hunt hat trick. Auddy being
5: on the pipe again.
3: And then straight after that in the midweek session, we are away at Reading and we're on telly again. I mean, goodness me, we're never on telly these days.
5: It's crazy. I don't quite understand this three games in a week business after the desolation of the international break. It's just like constant Leeds United and I don't know what to do. Oh, I know what to do. I swear about Nigel Atkins being a prick.
3: That's one thing you can do. Yeah, I mean, this is all about Brian, isn't it, as well, this one?
5: And about Atkins being a prick.
4: Smarmy. Very smarmy, man.
5: Yeah. Can you imagine if I'd had to go to Thor we and talk to that? I wouldn't have gone.
4: He'd have just given you some management consultant babble about learnings. Yeah. You know, we can take some uh, positives from the game. I know we've lost 4-0, but... um, We need to think outside the box. You know, we've got some great stuff. I've put a PowerPoint together. (laughs) We're going to run through it tomorrow. Brainstorm (laughs) some ideas. Blue Sky thinking. (laughs) I'm very glad we got McDermott instead of him. The more I see of him, the more I think, oh, he's actually a bit of a wanker, isn't he? I always thought it a bit before, but now I, I look at him through the lens of... Could have been our manager.
5: And it was close, looking back. Did we go on record? Were we sitting here thinking like... I think we were always kind of a bit of a prick.
4: He did seem that he was the best man for the job at the time. Yeah. But then again, so was Warren.
5: <laughs> yeah, we've, we've kind of managed to break the cycle of, of terror and uh, and get away from having a prick as a manager.
4: Hopefully, the
3: ha about McDermott will see us go into this and win it in emphatic fashion. He'll distract from the game and we'll go in there and we'll grind out a horrible 1-0.
5: Reading have got some good players.
3: Noel Hunt will score. This is where Noel Hunt will get his hat trick.
5: (laughs) Yeah, leave him out against Bolton to keep him hungry. (laughs) And then Don Polion can do the damage. And then uh, bring him back for Reading. Keep him away from Costa and Weatherby as well. I spent some time there. Did I mention I went to Thorpe Harts this week? (laughs) And afterwards I needed Wi-Fi, so I sat in uh, Costa and Weatherby for about an hour and a half. Didn't see to either Ross nor Noel I was very disappointed but yeah keep him off the coffee so he's uh, sleepy I don't know I'm I'm trying to think of how to keep turn Noel Hunt into a a hungry beast replace him with a different player maybe
3: (laughs) 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 what do you think we're going to do at Reading then it's going to be a tough one that really isn't it
5: I think uh, bring Michael Brown back into the team and get him to smash a ball at Nigel Atkins' prickish face.
3: Not a fan then, OK. On to a different manager of a different club. We play Burnley at home, don't we? That's the next home game.
5: Is it? Who is who is their manager? When I read
4: the notes, I actually thought it was Eddie Howe. I forgot the way this was going to go. I forgot he'd left. <laughs> no such luck. Well, before we get on to the manager, it's worth pointing out
3: they're third in the league. Their doing ma- well. Their manager doing a very good job. I, I imagine he's quite happy. Uh, top scorer is former League United star Sam Vokes with three goals. Um, what can we say? But well done, Sean Dyche. Thanks. Means <laughs> <laughs> <Made> a lot. <laughs> oh, we've missed him, haven't we? Yeah,
4: he's been. Is it? He's a good manager, and he's a, he's a he's a terrifying man, which I think is what you sometimes <laughs> need in a manager.
3: Described in the uh, in the latest edition of the Squareball issue two as being like a lion, overlooking. Dead beast on the plains
4: with his big ginger mane and beard. He's one of those managers. That I just can't somehow can't imagine him being a footballer. I can imagine him being mm. like a serial killer, a bouncer <laughs> who's who's done done a bit of time because he got carried away <laughs> <laughs> completely filled filled a bloke in outside a nightclub.
5: For imagine for imagine, no imagine
3: he was rejecting a drunk customer from a, say the door of a nightclub. How do you think he'd, he'd go about that?
5: It's like having Mike Yarwood in yeah. here. But, <laughs> ask your dad, kids, but <laughs> trust me, it is. <laughs> What would he say? What do bouncer
4: say? No denim today, lads.
5: We've got no in here. No, it's a
4: out. Like, clientele. Too many lads. Too many lads in there tonight. Unless you got some pussy with you, you're not coming in. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't really care how we do against Burnley. I just, I, I just want the
4: post-match reaction. That's all I care about now. He's getting more and more hoarse with each interview as well. He's, he's fairly soon he will be beyond Im- impersonation. Let's hope he's
5: Leeds United manager for at least a while before that happens.
4: I'd take him. I know I like Brian and everything, but post-Brian, because he basically admitted he's not going to win the league for us in that interview. You know I mean, how Wilson won the league, which I'm never going to... Um, I mean, you know, he was very good. Uh, whereas I reckon Dyke should have confidence in himself. I'd love to hear him singing We Are The Champions on karaoke. <laughs>
2: The Ken Bates, villain of the fortnight.
3: We had an interesting proposition about this section of the podcast from Fergal McPhillips on that there Twitter. That's he, the,
4: that's a made up
3: name. That's the <laughs> Well the, you, the, you can put it to the man himself
5: if you want. His handle is at Fergal McP one. Is his location, the Iron Brutal Factory. <laughs> <laughs> next to the uh, next to the kilt shop. Yeah, he eats the, yeah. Yeah. Um, he suggests that we rename this award
3: the Colin Wanker of the Fortnite which I think is very clever. It is. But it's Ken Bates's. It
4: is, but we'll have to get Finchie from the office to redo the uh, the voiceover and yeah.
3: he might not <laughs> be available well. for a bit. Okay, who's up for this one then? It is Ken Bates's villain of the Fortnite award
5: and Ken Bates, what's he getting a nomination for this time? Uh we're we're starting with the um blaming him basically for Neil Ashton still existing. You well, had a bit of a run in with him yeah, on Twitter just this bit, week. Yeah, a bit
3: of a, a bit of a, a, bit of a Butting of heads like a pair of stags uh, arguing about a deer or something. Um, yeah, he was just being a bit of an arse because um, LPP of Waco. He was having a bit of a, a to do with him about the the Gary Cooper of Lust article. And That's um, who Neil Ashton is, in case yes, he's not the author. Up. He's the author of that um, shocking piece of journalism. And I just waded in and just had a bit of a pop at him for working for the Daily Hale. Instead of the Daily mail. he went,
4: well, if you're going to call it that, how do you expect me to, to interact with you then? Well, he's, a man mm-hmm. of, he's a man of
3: principle. He's a, man, a, a sensitive man of principle, is Neil Ashton. So I can only apologise to you,
5: Neil. You. He's a sensitive man of principle hiding behind a... Which body was it? It was the Press Complaints Commission, which, yes. strangely enough, is chaired by somebody from the Daily Mail. But they found for Neil Ashton, and that's the important thing. Well, exactly. They thought he'd done nothing wrong. So if his editor... Thought that his journalist had done nothing wrong in the story that they <laughs> the paper that they collectively work for and run, which historically, let's not forget, backed openly
3: backed the fascist movement in Britain. Hurrah, hurrah for, the, hurrah black for the black shirts, indeed. So, yeah, yes. hurrah for the black shirts, Neil. I'm not going to nominate yeah, we'll nominate Ken for him.
5: Yeah, I think Neil Ashton can have his own nomination okay. as well. But Ken Bates, we Just are becoming increasingly desperate for things to nominate you <laughs> for. So, for having fed that story to Neil Ashton. We're blaming him for I think this. Ashton's had a
4: few nominations for this, which is fair enough.
5: Yeah. I don't, I don't mind. Keep him coming. Um, who else then? Clint Hill. Okay. He's scoring a shit goal against us. He's not He's not alone in having done that. No, but,
4: he's not. No, he should have turned Turned away from his position, run to the edge of the box and tried to score from there. It would have yeah. been more challenging. Well,
3: I mean, this, this <laughs> award is about somebody who's brought misery to us in the last fortnight, and he has, so it seems fairly logical. I mean, do we want to blame... W- I think we want to nominate Warnock for not signing him. Neil Warnock for not signing Clint Hill.
5: Didn't he say that Barcelona should sign Clint Hill? Well, yes. I'm, I'm actually, you can that. be
3: nominated for that. You absolute piece.
5: Um, well, if- didn't he say we should have a team of Clint Hills? <laughs> it's obviously, it's either that or Michael Browns. Yeah, he definitely built him up a lot, and then never bothered signing him. Presumably, the uh, the terms of the deal were never quite right.
3: Well, it was it wasn't it was Ken who put the bumpers on this one actually, wasn't it? Who uh, said they weren't going to pay however much in wages to a 35
4: year old I think Warnock well, did want to give him like an 8 year contract or something
3: yeah. so actually can we re-nominate Ken for not allowing Clint Hill to be signed because if that had have happened he wouldn't
1: have scored against us
3: Would we'd be, still
5: be paying him yeah would it be worth having Clint Hill on an 8 year contract just to prevent like QPR from beating us when they have got to beat us anyway yeah.
1: and he'd have scored for us which meant we'd have been top of the league Oh, yeah. that's the point maybe it would Yeah.
5: I'd take 8 years of Clint Hill for a one day at the top of the league. Three hours. Yeah, totally. three has an early <laughs> kickoff.
4: Any further nominations? Uh, Chris Burke for being too expensive and too old. Yeah, Chris. I are. wish he'd been more like 25 and more like three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 100 grand. We might have
5: stretched to that. Uh, speaking of the transfer market, I'd like to nominate Jazz Richards, who I signed for Huddersfield on loan this tea time. Don't know anything about him. Where's he um, He's come from Swansea. Um, I don't understand. Jazz? Well, exactly. Signing for Huddersfield. It doesn't make any sense to me. So purely for confusing me while I was trying to drink a glass of Coca-Cola, Jazz Richards gets a nomination. What happened to
4: the, the glass of Coca-Cola in the confusion? I finished it, but oh, that's, that's cool. I wasn't
5: enjoying it by the time I reached the bottom.
4: Right, so so Jazz has got a nomination along with... Clint- not, the,
5: not jazz, the music. Not the genre. Jazz Richards in yeah. particular. Yeah. But then again, he's detracted. Next time I listen to a Miles Davis <laughs> LP... Mind, I'll be thinking about him. I don't even know who he is. And it, you know, it's difficult enough with the heroine that I take when I listen to jazz <laughs> to not have to worry about a Huddersfield Town player. Well, he's got a nomination anyway. Um, we're
3: nominating Clint Hill for scoring against us. Warnock for not getting Clint Hill. Bates for not allowing Warnock to get Clint Hill. Bates for Neil Ashton and Neil Ashton just for being Neil Ashton. Um, who's having the title this time? Neil Ashton. Ashton. Yeah. yeah. He
4: just continues to avoid issues. He, he's ongoing. Survival <laughs> annoys us every fortnight. All right, well done, Neil. Eventually, the petty Twitter nattering will, will drive him out of his job. <laughs> Let's hope so. Hey, listen, should we talk to a man who punches people for a living?
5: Why not? Yeah, well, speaking of
4: which, Rudy Austin got sent
5: off. He didn't punch anybody. He no. uh, he tackled the same player twice. They were both quite late, but very late. For some Somehow, his manager said about the second one, we thought Rudy was going to come away with a broken leg. Instead, he came away with a red card. I've watched it.
1: Presumably not his broken
4: leg. Somebody else's. And he's
5: <laughs> clutching it above his head. <laughs> Triumphantly. But um, he shaved his head as well Was yeah, away. Yeah, it looks Because he wasn't menacing enough, was he,
1: before?
4: I think a facial tattoo <laughs> needs to be the next step.
0: Any other business?
3: And joining us on the podcast, on the phone right now, Josh Warrington. Introduce yourself then, Josh.
0: I'm Josh Warrington, 22, from Leeds. I've got a professional fight record of 14 fights, 14 wins, and uh, I'm the English featherweight champion.
3: You're not a man I would want to mess with, then, is is what we're basically saying.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy. I just leave it into the ring.
3: I've got 13 years on you, so, you know, easy. I'll be all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So,
3: listen, you are you are the champion, the English yep. featherweight champion, as you mentioned. You are fighting yep. at Ellen Road. Is that something of a, of a dream, then, as a Leeds fan as, and as a Leeds lad?
0: Most definitely. I mean, um, I'm not just fighting there. I'm headlining show. It's the right dream. I mean, uh, over the last 12 months since winning the title, I think a lot of things have happened, which I you know, never thought would, really. I mean, uh, we won title and we, we managed to go and end up going on pitch at Ellen Road and that was so much special, you know. I've been on twice since and, you know, we're having interactions with a couple of late players, you know, McCormack and uh few have been interested, you know, wishing us support and whatnot. And, and now we're fighting at the Pavilion it's it's great to be fighting on a you know, an arms Would
3: you really, really like to fight like in the centre circle, wouldn't that be the best thing ever?
0: Oh, that that that's something, you know, it's in dreams are made of it, it's, you know. That's something that I'd love to happen. I'm really good friends with Jamie Macdonald and um I went down to watch him fight down at the chemo and uh he's changing rooms with that uh, the you know, the football players changing rooms in the beyond dressing room and all that. I was on his entourage and we walked out a tunnel there and I thought, bloody hell, if this were out of Ellen Road, it'd be, be something special. I'd love to do something like that, ring ring in front of the cop. It'd be it'd be crazy. <laughs>
3: but you do come out to Marching on Together, is that right, yeah?
0: That's right, mate, yeah. I had it with last fight um, at Town Hall because we were boxing leads, and uh, it got a right reception. It, it was essentially without up my spine coming and uh, walking to the ring and it didn't half cheer me up.
3: That's, that's knowing your audience, is that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, this is uh, it. I mean... Um, you know, from going to the games from a young lad and waiting, when when they announcing leads Leeds uh, coming out of the tunnel, it used to send shivers up my spine. And when, when I was walking out to it, I, I wanted people who come and watch the fight to get the same experience, especially the majority of them being Leeds fans as well. Yeah, it got everybody up on their feet singing.
3: So what, uh, what date is the fight then? Is it 27th of September, yeah?
0: Friday, 27th of September. Kicks off about 7 o'clock.
3: And your opponent is Ian Bailey. Tell me about Ian Bailey.
0: Ian Bailey, a uh, very, very tough uh, opponent. He, he started out um, a really good kid and then he, had, he went through a bit of a rough patch, got a few losses, but since then he's uh, gone on to be a couple of really good kids, and one of them he get getting a stoppage um, against a highly regarded kid, and that's why he's earned his shot. I read in a few interviews that he's vowed to come to Leeds and... Uh, Look to stop me, not just win the fight. He, he wants to knock me out in late rounds. That's what I'm hearing. So good luck to him.
3: Well, I hope you put him on his ass. Is he a Man United
0: fan? <laughs> no, but I wish you were <laughs> that, I wish he would Be even worse. Do you think that'd make it a bit easier worse.
3: for you to get motivated? Not that you're going to uh, lack motivation.
0: <laughs> well, like, a funny story. I was telling um, I was telling all all my friends and that uh, who came to watch last fight. All lads and that. I told them all that the fellow that were fighting and are going to walk into the ring in a Man United shirt. And they went right. Wait until I see him, wait until I see him. And a lot of them bought ringside tickets just so they could, you know, get a bit of closer view to him and uh, give him a load of stick as we walked to the ring. But, no, know, didn't do it. But, um, yeah, it, it would be good if he were a Man United fan. You, know, you can try a bit harder, uh, bite down on gumshield shield a bit more and make punches a bit more, you know.
3: Before you go, I need to ask you this very important question. What was it like to meet one of your heroes in Ben Fry?
0: Oh, what a legend. The man's a legend. No, he's a good lad, he's been, he did a few uh, interviews, you know, sharing about Yorkshire Radio and whatnot, but it's good to get the football back on BBC Radio Leeds. It's funny, because I bought a DAB radio for my car, just so, like, when I was going sparring on a Saturday morning and whatnot, and I was missing games, uh, so I could listen to them, you know, on Yorkshire Radio, and as soon as I did that, then it ended up going back on FM on, on BBC Radio Leeds, so...
3: You should go find that Ben Fry and have a word with him and tell him you want, uh, you, you want, a, sure, refund, yeah. want a refund. Yeah,
0: definitely.
3: <laughs> tickets on sale now then for your boxing match. It's on 27th of September against Ian Bailey at the yep. Pavilion at Elm Road.
0: Tickets start out £30 for... tickets, uh, £50 for ringside and then £70 for VIP ringside. Tickets still available. You can get in them get by giving me a call it, on my ticket phone, which is uh, 07936 421 459 i get in contact on Twitter at J underscore Warrington.
3: Brilliant. Josh, right, I'll let you go then. Thank you very much for taking all part right, in the podcast. Very much. Good yep. luck with your fight. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Well, we wish Josh all the very best in his uh, quest to retain his title at Ellen Road. It'd be fun fighting at Ellen Road, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> the 80s. I would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I would hate to be punched at Ellen Road. I'm too soft. Uh, yeah, all the best to Josh Get down there and see him if you can uh, I, I'm sure it'll be a, a sight to behold Watching him walk out to uh, marching on together
1: Uh just say a quick shout out to Joe Garman Who's one of the hideously young boys Who we forced to sell him. <laughs> We force him at knife point to sell the fans in <laughs> We do, yes
4: This isn't reflecting well on us, is <laughs> it? What's he done do, now? They do will never prove it we Has, we never, has he started shaving it? yet? Is that what no. it is? He's
1: gone to university So um, good luck, you young scrounging bastard <laughs> Tax dodgers
3: um, and finally then, before we head off, um, Issue 2 of the Square Ball is on sale. The remaining copies on sale against Burnley. Please do grab one from us down there at the external corners of Ellen Road and you can get them online at thesquareball.net. Uh, thanks very much for listening to the Squareball podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, podcast at thesquareball.net is the email. Tweet at the thesquareball or grab us on Facebook too. We'll be back in a fortnight just ahead of the Newcastle game in the League Cup and we look forward to speaking to you then. So bye-bye from me. And from Michael, goodbye. And Moscow, goodbye. And Oddie, goodbye. We'll speak to you soon then. ta
2: The Squareball Podcast, supported by thegelderdan.com.